Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God in the book of Psalm to begin with. Psalm 1, beginning at verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chafe which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Then looking in the New Testament, the book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Johnny's and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Verses 1-17, through 17, all of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Thank you once again, Father, for the wonderful opportunity we have of being able to come to you in prayer each and every day, knowing that you always, always, always have a listening ear for the prayers of your children. Thank you for the wonderful privilege of being able to walk with you in prayer daily. And thank you for the opportunity not only to uh, be able to walk with you and be vessels through which your grace can pour into the world, but thank you for the chance to be vessels through which you reach and accomplish the building of your kingdom daily as we simply live a life of obedience to your word and your spirit. More and more empower us to be believers who 
are filling our hearts and our minds with your word daily and walking in the wisdom and the guidance of your word each and every day. Thank you for the opportunity to do that each and every day. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Today we'd like to have a few giveaways today. And let me give you some pretty specific instructions so that you'll know exactly what we're asking you to do and that you'll know how to respond. Specifically, uh, the first item I want to share is um, a Bible, the Jeremiah Study Bible. It's New King James Version. It's a beautiful study Bible. And we appreciate you being a part of our listening family. And as a part of our listening family, I want to mention if you just simply email us and the first person to email and specifically ask for this particular Bible, uh, please just email. Uh, this is the email, joseph at afr.net. Again, joseph at afr.net. You say, please, I'd like to receive the Jeremiah Study Bible. First, per- first email we receive, uh, we'll plan to get that to that person. Uh, let me mention also another item we want to give away is a Another Bible, this one is a New Living Translation, Dayspring Hope and Encouragement Bible. And if you'd like to get this one, email us and specifically ask for this one, the Hope and Encouragement Bible, New Living Translation. Just email us, same email, joseph at afr.net, and say, uh, I would like to get a copy of the Hope and Encouragement Bible. And then thirdly, then, if you'd like to get a and I would, I should mention, too, that uh, one item per person, And thirdly, then, if you'd like to get a copy of the book that we wrote entitled The Intercession Chronicles, again, it's a novel that it's fiction, but it's also a teaching tool to help set your prayer life on fire. And uh, one, I think you'll enjoy the storyline and lines behind it. But also at the back, it has a prayer guide that we often give to listeners that can really help to strengthen and empower your prayer life as well. Again, the book the Intercession Chronicles. Simply email us and say, I'd like to get a copy of the Intercession Chronicles. Same email, joseph at afr.net. Again, one item per email from a given person. Well, again, we appreciate you being a part of our listening family. Before we get into the reading of the Word, I'd like to share with you a brief article that I hope will help and encourage you to realize that the the simple task, the daily spiritual habit or discipline of reading and meditating on God's Word every day is much more important than I think any of us realize, much more fruitful in our lives than many would realize, and much more of a powerful tool to equip us for the battlefield of life. I'm going to share the article, and if you'd like to get a copy of the article, simply email us, same email, joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to share the article. Again, the title, The Arsenal of the Word of God. Again, the title of the article, The Arsenal of the Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 tells us, For the weapons of our warfare are not, are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Reading that again, 2 Chronicles 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Then Ephesians six seventeen tells us, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then finally, Ephesians six fourteen to 20. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. 
In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to make, to, excuse me, to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Again, Ephesians six fourteen to 20. What is an arsenal? And how could the written word of God contain one? Interesting question. Definitions of the word arsenal include the following. One, a collection of weapons and military equipment stored by a country, person, or group. And two, a place where weapons and military equipment are stored or made. In considering the reality that life in this world is full of spiritual warfare, believers would be wise to do the following. Learn and comprehend what the spiritual weapons are that are available to us and faithfully use them as a lifestyle in order to walk in victory. In other words, followers of Christ need to know what is in our spiritual arsenal and we are to put those weapons to work in our daily lives. We are to diligently start using them on the battlefields of life. Some people may think, I don't like the idea of having to deal with spiritual warfare. Well, like it or not, we face it every day in our lives. Whether we like it or not, war has come to us every day. What are some of those spiritual weapons? And what are some of the ways that we are to put those weapons to work? The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit, according to Ephesians 6.17. Some of the ways to utilize the sword of the Spirit include, number one, reading the Word of God daily, Psalm 1, verses 1 through 6. Number two, hearing the Word daily, Matthew chapter 11, verse 15. Number three, believing the Word of God daily, Romans 1.16. Number four, speaking the Word of God daily, Matthew 4.1-11. Number five, Praying the Word of God daily, 1 John 5, 14 to 15. Number six, obeying the Word of God daily, James 1, 22. Number seven, meditating on the Word daily, Psalm 1, 2. Praise and thanksgiving are spiritual weapons as well, as displayed in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 22. Joy is a powerful spiritual weapon. See Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Faith is a spiritual weapon. See 1 John 5, 4. Walking in love is a spiritual weapon. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 to 13. Obviously, the spiritual weapons pointed out here are only a few. There are many more referred to in God's Word. An important truth to know and understand is that when we put to use the spiritual weapons, we are building up the kingdom of God. Also, we use, also, as we use these spiritual weapons, we're doing battle against the kingdom of darkness. So this is one of the many reasons that every disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ needs to be a diligent student of the Word of God. We would be wise to continually learn more about the spiritual weapons found in the Word of God. We must continually learn more about how to do battle with every spiritual weapon we, uh, we have because spiritual conflict is something we deal with with not just from time to time, but as a day, but as a daily life and as a lifestyle. In Second Chronicles chapter twenty, we find a powerful example of a king of Judah 
Jehoshaphat, who wisely used spiritual weapons to defeat a wicked invading army. This account in Scripture powerfully illustrates that when we faithfully and wisely use weapons from our spiritual, spiritual arsenal, as found in the Word of God, we can see great victory in our lives time and time again. We encounter spiritual warfare every day and everywhere we go. Let's be faithful to be kingdom warriors who know how to take some of the weapons we have in the Word of God and use them to walk in victory. Again, the title of that article is The Arsenal of the Word of God. And again, if you'd like to get a copy, we'd be glad to share it with you. Simply email me at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And on a pretty regular basis, I'm, I challenge and encourage our listener, you, our listeners, that if you don't have the habit of reading at least three chapters in your Bible every day, that you would start that habit this day. You may ask why I, why I say that so often. Well, the reality is this. God tells us in his word, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. Well, you tell me how important is food to your physical body? Well, the reality is most human beings understand very clearly that if you stop eating, then sooner or later, you're going to die. Well, spiritually speaking, just very similar to the way we feed our physical bodies and need to feed our physical bodies nourishing meals regularly, we too, even in an even greater way, need to feed our spirit the powerful, nourishing Word of God that ministers to our mind, body, and spirit in ways that we don't fully comprehend. So reading the Word every day is much more valuable, much more fruitful, much more beneficial than any of us fully comprehend. So if you'll start that habit of reading the Word today, it'll begin to bless you and pour grace, peace, and power into your mind and your life in a much greater way than than you may have ever realized. Father, thank you for the opportunity for us to read and study your Word each and every day. Anoint the mind, ears, heart, and understanding of each listener so that they'll grow in their understanding of how important it is to get into your word every day and stir us to be faithful students filling up on your word each and every day. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. We'll be right back.
music of Lincoln Brewster, made new. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Continuing now in the reading through the Word of God, we pick up now the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. And Abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gerar. Now Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And she... Even she herself said, He is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you, sh- you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all his servants, and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were very much afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? How have I offended you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, what did, what did you have in view that you have done this thing? And Abraham said, Because I thought, Surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife. But indeed she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said to her, This is your kindness that you should do for me. In every place, wherever we go, say of me, He is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep, oxen, and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham. And he restored Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, See, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. Then to Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you and before everybody. Thus she was rebuked. So Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants. Then they bore children. For the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Genesis chapter 21. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old 
as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. So the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter, and the matter was very displeasing to Abraham's Excuse me, and the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba and the water in the skin was used up and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bowshot. For she said to herself, Let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, Lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. So God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore swear to me by God that you will not deal falsely with me, with my offspring or with my posterity, but that according to the kindness that I have done to you, you will do to me and to the land in which you have dwelt. And Abraham said, I will swear. Then Abraham rebuked Abimelech because of a well of water which Abimelech's servants had seized. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, nor had I heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two of them made a covenant. And Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. Then Abimelech asked Abraham, 
What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs which you have set by themselves? And he said, You will take these seven ewe lambs from my hand, that they may be my witness that I have dug this well. Therefore he called that place Beersheba, because the two of them swore an oath there. Thus they made a covenant at Beersheba. So Abimelech rose with Phicol, the commander of his army, and they returned to the land of the Philistines. Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines many days. Genesis chapter 22. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So, two, so the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, 
and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and they rose and went together to Beersheba and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Now it came to pass after these things that it was told to Abraham saying, Indeed, Milcah also has borne children to your brother Nahor, whose his firstborn Booz, his brother, Kemuel, the father of Aram, Kised, Hazo, Pildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. And Bethuel begot Rebekah. These eight Milcah bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. His concubine, whose name was Reuma, also bore Teba, Geum, Thahash, and Maacah. Genesis chapter 23. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. So Sarah died in Kerjath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham stood up from before his dead and spoke to, and spoke to the sons of Heth, saying, I am a foreigner and a visitor among you. Give me property for a burial place among you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And the sons of Heth answered Abraham, saying to him, Hear us, my Lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Bear your dead in the choicest of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you his burial place, that you may bury your dead. Then Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land, the sons of Heth, and he spoke with them, saying, If it is your wish that I bury my dead out of my sight, hear me. Verses 1-6, through six, Genesis chapter 23. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we continue reading through the Word of God. We'll be right back.
Music from the group Mosaic with Tremble. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We continue now reading through the Word of God as we pick up now in the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 9, beginning at Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 1. So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitudes saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when she, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, Make room, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. 
and they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went out into all that land. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. So when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a man, mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen like this in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He casts out demons by the ruler of the demons. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Matthew chapter 10. And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. First Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus, and Labias, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to, to you. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, 
it will be more tolerable for the, lo for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Now brother will deliver you up, now brother will deliver up brother to death, and a father his child, and the children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death, and you will be hate and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For assuredly, I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Verses 1 through 31, Matthew chapter 10. You've been listening to the Hour of Intercession, and as we normally do before we end the broadcast, there may be one or more listeners today that have never made that all-important step of asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior. There's no more important decision in all of life than the decision to commit your heart and your life to the Lord. If you'd like to make that very important step today, would you simply pray this prayer with me? Or if you'd like to pray it as a rededication, pray with us. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so very much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived, you died on the cross to pay for all of my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Lord Jesus, forgive me for all the wrong things I've done. And right now, Lord, in a brand new way, I ask you, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Become my Lord and Savior. 
Make me all the person that you want me to be. Lord, you said in your word, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. And I now declare I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, we invite you, please email us. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd really like to hear from you. We'd like to share with you some literature that'll help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus. Or if you're simply wanting some of the uh, many different uh, prayer resources and discipleship resources we provide, we're glad to share those as well. Again, the same email, joseph at afr.net. Thanks again for listening. As always, we appreciate you being a part of our listening family. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.